Holy Father in heaven, glory, praise, honor, and adoration be unto your holy name for the goodness that you have shown towards us. We thank you for giving us the basic necessities of life and for protecting us and guiding us and the spiritual blessings you give to us. Dear Lord in heaven, our life's purpose will not be fulfilled except as you continue to guide us, as you continue to lead us, that we may reflect the image of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Open thou our eyes, O Lord, that we may see glimpses of truth that you have for us. Grant to us thy spirit divine, and let your light enter into our lives, that it may give us eternal life. Grant to us of your Holy Spirit, Lord, and grant to us understanding also, and give us the grace to put into practice all we will learn. In Jesus' name I've prayed. Amen. Conflict and Courage, March 5 Reunion And be ye kind one to another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another, even as God, for Christ's sake, hath forgiven you. Ephesians chapter 4 verse 32 While Jacob was wrestling with the angel, another heavenly messenger was sent to Esau. In a dream, Esau beheld his brother for twenty years an exile from his father's house. He witnessed his grief at finding his mother dead. He saw him encompassed by the hosts of God. This dream was related by Esau to his soldiers, with the charge not to harm Jacob, for the God of his father was with him. The two companies at last approached each other, the desert chief leading his men of war and Jacob with his wives and children attended by shepherds and handmaidens and followed by long lines of flocks and herds. Leaning upon his staff, the patriarch went forward to meet the band of soldiers. He was pale and disabled from his recent conflict, and he walked slowly and painfully, halting at every step. But his countenance was lighted up with joy and peace. At sight of that crippled sufferer, Esau ran to meet him and embraced him and fell on his neck and kissed him, and they wept. As they looked upon the scene, even the hearts of Esau's rude soldiers were touched. Notwithstanding he had told them of his dream, they could not account for the change that had overcome, that had come over their captain. Though they beheld the patriarch's infirmity, they little thought that this his weakness had been made his strength. In his night of anguish, beside the Jabbok, when destruction seemed just before him, Jacob had been taught how vain is the help of man, how groundless is all trust in human power. He saw that his only help must come from him against whom he had so grievously sinned. Helpless and unworthy, he pleaded God's promise of mercy to the repentant sinner. 
That promise was his assurance that God would pardon and accept him. Sooner might heaven and earth pass than that word could fail, and it was this that sustained him through that fearful conflict. Amen. The title of our devotion is Reunion. At last, Jacob is meeting his brother Esau. Jacob, after he had stayed for 20 years away from home because of the fact that he ran away because Esau wanted to kill him on account of the fact that he deceived the father to bless him and took uh, the blessing that was supposed to be for Esau. And also, he went to find a wife. Now, he is coming back. And the fear he had earlier of Esau, and truly Esau was bringing 400 men to kill Jacob. That fear was gone now because of a lesson that we had learned before. And this is a very important lesson to learn, that God protects his own. In one of our devotions, that was the title, God Protects His Own. As we look at the life of the patriarchs, the chosen ones of God, we find this lesson following them, God protecting them. Even in times when maybe they have done wrong, God still protects them. You look at Abraham, when he went to Egypt, God protected him. When it was that the Pharaoh had taken his wife, Sarah, not because the Pharaoh just stole the wife from him because he lied about who Sarah was to him. I don't know if he told the truth, whether it would have still happened. But regardless of that, God protected Abraham when he was in Egypt. When he went to the land of the Philistines, God protected him again. Isaac also sojourned in the land of the Philistines for some years. And they could have killed him. But God protected him. Even when Abimelech spoke with Isaac, he mentioned that and said that I have allowed you to live among me because I saw that God is with you. We have not done you any harm. We have not killed you. We have not done anything wrong to you except the fact that they stole, they oppressed him and took his well. But the main thing we see is sometimes we look at these things as as if that's how they must be. But if we understand the times in which these people lived, we will know that it was God who was protecting them. It was no unnecessary or groundless fear that made both Abraham and Isaac to tell a lie when they went to Egypt and the land of the Philistines respectively. It was no groundless fear. It was a normal thing that was done that men were killed so that their wives would be taken by those who are stronger than them. And this was what moved them to tell a lie, though they are not excused. But the fact that they were still spared while living in the land of Egypt and the land of the Philistines shows that God protects his own. When Jacob ran away from Esau, he walked through the wild roving tribes, people who would have taken advantage of him to kill him and tell Esau about his whereabout. He was afraid that night. And he slept. He confessed his sins and the Lord appeared to him and assured him of protection and guardianship and he went safely to Laban's house. These are things we read and we may take it for granted. 
when he was coming back now from Laban's house, going back to his father's house, he stopped somewhere to pray out of fear. We are told that that place he stopped was a place where robbers used to come. That was a place where it was dangerous for anybody to stay. And it was there he stayed to pray and it was there he felt that touch on his shoulder and he had that strife and struggle with the Lord. There, God protected him again. And now, he's coming to meet Esau. And God, through a miracle, protected him. Appeared to Esau in a dream. And on appearing to Esau in a dream, directly told him not to harm Jacob. Here again, God protected Jacob. And I skipped one. When Jacob ran away from Laban, Laban ran also to chase Jacob and find him. When Laban was sleeping in the night, the Lord appeared to Laban and told Laban to not harm Jacob because God said, I am with him. How many times God has done this to protect his own? Do you know how many times God has protected you if you are his own? There is a privilege that we get from being the children of God. God has a special watch care upon those who will give themselves over to him. It was so for Jesus when he was born and it was not yet time for him to make his sacrifice, the crucifixion on the cross. The Lord protected him all the way. Angels appeared. God made it to be that they went to Bethlehem first of all. When they went to Bethlehem, God brought an angel to appear to Joseph and told him go to Egypt and he went to Egypt and an angel appeared to him again and said you can now leave Egypt why did that happen because Herod was about to kill the little children and God protected his own my brothers and sisters we can rest assured in the knowledge that as far as we are working for God as far as we have a mandate to fulfill and we have given a covenant to God by sacrifice as far as we are making decisions for him as Abraham did as Isaac did, as Jacob did, especially I would say as Abraham did, he left his house, left his family to go for the service of the Lord. He left his own ambition to hold on to God's ambition. He left his own plans to enter into God's plan and fulfill God's mandate. God needed a people whom he would use as an example to the world, that he would use them as a people of his own, as an example to show what salvation is about. God needed such a people. Abraham was there. When God called, he answered, and whatever plan he had, he dropped it so that he can do what God wanted. God protected him through it all. God has a lot that he wants us to do today. If we would give ourselves over to God, Some of us are afraid, how will I feed? How will I sustain myself? How will I be protected? I need this, I need that. The best way to get your security and protection is just like Abraham. Leave your plans and give yourself over to God. You will get a special protection that no one gets in this world. Even when people want to kill you, like it was for Laban who wanted to kill Jacob and also for Esau who wanted to kill Jacob and recede with Abimelech and Isaac also God continually protected them through signal blessings as much as appearing to a dream, appearing in a dream to hidden people these are men who are hidden start from Pharaoh to Laban down to 
Abimelech of the land of the Philistines and Esau, these are not people who worshipped God. They cared not about God. Yet God appeared to them in a dream for the sake of his children and they obeyed. Lesson, God protects his own. Do not be afraid to serve him, he will protect you. Now, Jacob meets Esau. And I would like to read this emotional reunion from the Bible. In the book of Genesis chapter 33, reading from verse 1, it says, And Jacob lifted up his eyes, and looked, and behold, Esau came, and with him four hundred men. And he divided the children unto Leah, and unto Rachel, and unto the two handmaids. And he put the handmaids and their children foremost, and Leah and her children after, and Rachel and Joseph hindermost. And he passed over before them, and bowed himself to the ground seven times, until he came near to his brother. And Esau ran to meet him, and embraced him, and fell on his neck, and kissed him, and they wept. And he lifted up his eyes, and saw the women and the children, and said, who are those with thee? And he said, The children which God had graciously given thy servant. Then the handmaidens came near, they and their children, and they bowed themselves. And Leah also with her children came near, and bowed themselves. And after came Joseph near and Rachel, and they bowed themselves. And he said, What meanest thou? by all these drove which I meet which I met and he said these are to find grace in thy sight of my in the sight of my lord and Esau said I have enough my brother keep that thou hast unto thyself and Jacob said nay nay I pray thee if now I found grace in thy sight then receive my present at my hand for therefore I have seen thy face as though I had seen the face of God, and thou wast pleased with me. Take, I pray thee, my blessing that is brought to thee, because God had dealt graciously with me, and because I have enough. And he urged him, and he took it. And he said, Let us take our journey, and let us go, and I will be before thee, and I will go before thee. And he said unto him, My Lord, knoweth that the children are tender, and the flocks and herds with young are with me. And if men should overdrive them one day, all the flock will die. Let me, Lord, I pray thee, pass over before his servant, and I will lead on softly, according as the cattle that goeth before me and the children be able to endure, until I come unto my Lord unto Seir. And Esau said, Let me now leave with thee some of the folk that are with me. And he said, What needeth it? Let me find grace in the sight of my Lord. So Esau returned that day on his way unto Seir. Wonderful reunion that we just read there. Very important lessons that we can learn from this conversation between Jacob and Esau. We learn the lesson of forgiveness from what we just read. If anyone wants to be forgiven, he must himself forgive. Esau could forgive. We have studied about Esau before. The Bible calls him a fornicator, a profane person who despises his birthright. It doesn't have much good to say about Esau. But this profane fornicator 
at least could do one thing that you need to ask yourself whether you can do. Esau, the profane person, could forgive his brother who hurt him. Can you forgive your brother and your sister, your friend, your father, your mother, your boss, your employee, anyone who you relate with? Do you forgive? No wonder Jesus said of the Pharisees and the publicans. He said, Woe to you, the Pharisees, for the publicans and harlots do make it to the kingdom of God before you. There are many who outwardly look blameless in their life. They are not fornicators, no. They don't do it. They've never done it. Virgins in their heart and mind and the action too. But yet, they cannot forgive people who offend them. The Lord brings us the story of Esau as a rebuke to many today who find it hard to forgive. Esau, the profane person, the godless man, could forgive his brother. And those who claim to be children of God find it difficult to forgive their brothers and sisters. Oh, what a rebuke. Where do you think you will go to? You wouldn't go any farther than Esau. Esau would even go farther than you. Are you bearing a grudge against someone? You see, unforgiveness is a bitter trait and must be removed from us. And why? We also have sinned and have been forgiven and should therefore not find it a hard matter to forgive others. So who hurt you? Who double-crossed you? Maybe took your wife from you? Took your bed right from you? Something that was rightfully yours and the person took it from you? The person cheated you? Who did that to you? Did you double-cross anyone? Have you asked for forgiveness? Have you seen the futility of your actions in double-crossing people in the first place? Have you apologized with deep repentance like Jacob did? Have you made restitution like Jacob also tried to do? Have you shown that you are not in any competition with the person? Have you repented of your double-crossing? All these are questions we should ask ourselves based on where we find ourselves in this story. You may be the Jacob, then you have a lesson to learn. You may be the Esau who was double-crossed and you have a lesson to learn. We should do all that we can. If we have offended anyone to show that we are sorry for our actions and that was a lesson we learned from Jacob. And also we should, if offended, do all we can to show the person that they are forgiven. If you double-crossed anybody, you need to repent deeply. Did you betray someone? Have you called? Have you met the person? Have you begged for forgiveness for what you did? Have you shown clearly that you see the futility of what you did and it was wrong? This is what we learn from Jacob's life. And how did he show that he had changed? He brought his wealth because the thing he tried to double-cross Esau for, which is the blessing, the inheritance, he now tried to show Esau that those things do not mean anything to him, presented himself as a servant to Esau, calling him my lord. This is someone that is just a few seconds older than him. We learn the lesson of respect and reverence here. Many will not find it easy to do what Jacob did. Humble Jacob, he could call his brother older than him with just a few seconds my lord oh the pride of humanity the pride of many will not allow them to do that 
and he called himself thy servant unto Esau. And then he brought a lot of presents. And Esau asked, what, what is the meaning of all of this? And Esau gave, Jacob said, I brought it as a present to you. And we learn lessons here. Esau accepted Jacob's gifts because he wanted Jacob to be assured of his lack of ill feelings. He didn't, he didn't need it. Esau was rich. He didn't need those things. And he told Jacob, no, keep it. I have enough. And Jacob said, no, if I have found grace in your sight, please accept my present. Esau accepted it. These are normal things that we face on a daily basis. We need to be sensitive, have some emotional intelligence and know what to do. If you reject the gift of someone who has offended you, who is seeking forgiveness, the person may not be trying to bribe you. Jacob was not trying to bribe Esau. Well, there might be people who are trying to do that and we need to be sensitive to know that anyway. But Jacob was trying to show Esau that he did not come to take the inheritance. It was this kind of things that made us quarrel. That is the lesson there. It's not to receive bribe. What made them have a quarrel was cattle and goats and inheritance in general. Now Jacob, that thing that made them quarrel, he's giving it to Esau. Say, take, so that you will know that this is not what I'm after. I'm not after the inheritance. I'm not coming back now so that I can come and take Jacob and my, our father Isaac's wealth. He's not coming to take Isaac's wealth. That's why he gave him all those cattle and all those presents so that Esau's mind will be calm. And Esau himself was already calm, didn't care about that and said, don't worry. But he accepted it not because he didn't think that Jacob had changed, but he knows the sensitivity of the matter, that if he rejects it, Jacob will not be happy. I've been in a situation before when someone whom I did something for wanted to appreciate and it was a poor person. And the person gave me a little sum of money some years ago. And it was just very small. And I felt this person is poor. Why would he be giving me money? It's not necessary. I was trying to help you. And he was begging, no, take it, take it. And then he made a statement. Is it because I'm poor? And that touched my heart so much that I had to take it from him. Normally, I wouldn't want to take anything. But when he did that, I, 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 when he said that, I, I understood something. Even the poor wants to give. And when we reject people's gifts, it, it's not nice. It touches the heart because people want, sometimes people want to be able to give, they want to contribute. And when we reject it, it makes them feel like, oh, I'm not worthy. Esau knew that and he took it from Jacob, knowing that it will make him feel better. And for that purpose, Esau did it. And it's a, it's a lesson on the daily, just that these are things that we learn from our, for how to relate with one another on a daily basis. And we see that Jacob, um, Esau accepted it, even though he knew, Jacob did give, even though he knew that Esau didn't need it. Why did he give? Because he wanted to ensure he did all he could to disabuse Esau's mind of the thought that he had a desire to inherit Isaac's wealth. Our actions need to send the right message and not the wrong one. In this reunion, Esau and Jacob, they both sent the right messages as opposed to the message sent 20 years ago when Jacob cheated Esau. That was a wrong messaging there. Wrong messaging. When Esau also threatened to kill Jacob, they both sent wrong messages to themselves and the family got divided. Now they are back together and now they are sending the right messages with their actions. You see, time does heal wounds. But in the case of Jacob and Esau, time wasn't going to heal it. And if time doesn't heal, let us pray to God as Jacob did, for him to touch the hearts of those whom we have offended. Jacob prayed, 
God touched Esau's heart. Have you offended someone? Pray. Because you shouldn't, you have put that person in a situation where the person might not make it to the kingdom of God again because of you. People can carry, have and harbor bitterness in their heart. Rightly so, because of something we have done to them. It is not for us now to say, I've apologized, whatever he wants to do, let him do. No. We are not to say, after all, I've apologized, he didn't forgive me. We are rather to know that people do have reasons, justified reasons for feeling aggrieved and respect that feeling and do what we can to conciliate those whom we offend. We are not to also run away from them as if they are bad people. Sometimes when people forgive us, the next thing we do, we don't come close to them again. After all, I've gotten my forgiveness, I will never go close to them again. That was not what Jacob did. He dwelt with Esau. If Jacob had run away from Esau, wrong messaging again. He would have Esau would have been wondering why are you leaving? It will make him feel bad also. Like are you are you suspecting me that I have ill feelings or that I have not really forgiven you? Is that why you are leaving? You think that I have about something in mind when I have told you that I have forgiven you? We need to be careful the kind of messages we send. These are things that happen in our normal relations. If someone offends you, be careful to send the message to them, to let them know you have forgiven them and our words and our actions should be enough anyway. But then, if you have been told, I forgive you, someone tells you they've forgiven you, don't start behaving as if you are suspecting the person of not forgiving you. If Jacob, after this encounter, had said to Esau, so I'm going home now, I want to leave, Esau would have been surprised, like, why are you leaving? I want to entertain you. And Jacob would say, oh no, sorry, I just came to apologize wrong messaging again wrong message it is important that jacob stayed in the land of canaan with his father isaac and remained there jacob remained there till when isaac died he remained there and this was the right message they were sending to each other if jacob had left esau will feel bad if esau did not take his present jacob will feel bad and if if Jacob also had not given to Esau those presents, he himself would not be assured, would not be comfortable feeling like I have not sent the right message to Esau to let him know that I'm a different person and we are not, I'm not in the same competition with him. So brothers and sisters, these are things that happen to us on a daily basis and it's good that we learn this lesson from this encounter between Jacob and Esau. We are not to run away from people that have forgiven us as if they are bad people. It's frequently the case that the forgiven begin to avoid those they offend, which is not good. We'll look at this more when we look at Joseph and his brothers. We'll talk about it some more. So, let us learn this lesson of human interrelationship and how to send the right messages of forgiveness and both giving the forgiveness and receiving it. And remember, another lesson very deep here. This is a time for you to review your life. Did someone double-cross you? Did someone betray you? Did someone backstab you like Jacob did? Esau forgave. Please forgive. Forgive as Christ forgave. That's our key text. Ephesians reading from chapter 4 verse 32. Be ye kind one to another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another, even as God for Christ's sake hath forgiven you. If you have received forgiveness from God, you have no right to withhold it from anybody. Jesus said in the Lord's Prayer where he said, Forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. That was what Jesus said. And then the statement is made, For if we do not forgive 
our Father in heaven will not forgive us too. So it's very important to know that your destiny, your salvation is dependent on this matter. Deal with it. If someone offends you, deal with it and forgive the person. You don't need to wait for the person to come and ask you for forgiveness. Deal with it in your heart. Understand that you also have offended the Lord in many ways. And when you understand this, and you know to that, many people say, oh, I want the person to come and ask first. No, you don't need the person to come and ask first. Just as you don't expect God to um, hear you saying everything. Many times we pray to God, forgive us for the things we did both knowingly and unknowingly. Then how about those who offended you knowingly or unknowingly? Will you forgive them? Some people offend us unknowingly. Forgive them if you want God to forgive you for the things you also did unknowingly. Review your life today and let God grant to you forgiveness. Another lesson we learn from here is that Jacob learned his lesson at last. In Genesis 32 verse 28 we read, And he said, Well, that is this the encounter between Jacob and the angel of God. Thy name shall be called no more Jacob, but Israel. For as a prince hast thou power with God and with men, and hast prevailed. When we read from our devotion to the Comfort and Courage, page 70, paragraph 4, it says, Though they beheld the patriarch's infirmity, they little thought that this his weakness had been made his strength. That is, Jacob was limping. He was limping. They did not know that that limp was where his strength was. He looked weak. But in that weakness, that was his strength. In his night of anguish beside the Jabbok, when destruction seemed just before him, Jacob had been taught how vain is the help of man. Do you remember that this was Jacob's problem? He didn't know how vain was the help of man. He was always putting his hand, interfering in the things that God has already said this is how it will be. Instead of him learning to trust in God to take care of everything for him, Jacob was always trusting in his own strength. Firstly, he tried to take the birthright from Esau by giving him pottage and saying Esau should swear to give him the birthright. That, I th- I believe, was very cruel for Jacob to do that. His brother was hungry. Give him food. It doesn't matter whether he's a righteous person or not. Give him food. There's no need to ask him to sell your birthright for him to give for him to eat. So what if Esau was really at the point to die? At that time, Jacob would take advantage of it. Oh, and now I see you're about to die. If Esau was really in a life-threatening illness, Jacob would not heal him until he says to him, Okay, I have something that I can I can use to give you um, good health, but on one condition. When I give it to you, you give me the birthright. Is that not cruel? That was really cruel. He was doing the same thing like interfering. Yes, he had good desire. And we'll talk about his willing mind, his desire and some other devotion. And then again, he cheated his brother, taking the uh, birthright and feigning to be Esau. And then we see his dealings with uh, Laban. There again, he practiced deception. Instead of giving Laban good uh, sheep, even though he, he was doing something to take the good ones for himself, and when the ones that would be for Laban wants to give birth, the ones that are weak, he won't put any, any of the rod there. He will allow it to give birth and that one will give birth to a child, to a cow for uh, a young one that will not be for him, but will be for Laban. That was still him interfering. God needed to teach him a lesson. And now we see that Jacob finally learned his lesson. It says here, in the night of that anguish beside the Jabbok, when destruction seemed just before him, Jacob had been taught how vain is the help of man, how groundless is all trust in human power. He saw that his only help must come 
from him against whom he had so grievously sinned, that is God. Helpless and unworthy, he pleaded God's promise of mercy to the repentant sinner. That promise was his assurance that God would pardon and accept him. Sooner might heaven and earth pass than that word could fail. And it was this that sustained him through that fearful conflict. Amen. So what sustained Jacob? The promise of God. He had prevailed with God and knowing that he could face anything. Now that he knew the Lord had forgiven him, there's nothing uh, more more uh, like I say, daunting than the task of facing the just and holy God. And he had faced God that day. His sins were brought to his mind and the feeling of condemnation has come before him and God tested him with that and he was able to go through that experience and believe in the forgiving power and the mercy of God and the Lord told him you have prevailed. Now, someone who has prevailed against God, he is not going to be afraid of men anymore. But how did he prevail? He was struck on his thigh and now he was limping and in that limp was his strength. Being sustained by God's word, we also can rest assured that if we prevail with God, we need not fear any other thing. Let death come, let sorrow come, let Esau come. As far as we have prevailed in prayer with God, we can face anything. Jesus was strengthened after he agonized. He prevailed with God and was strengthened to meet the trials that he met. How can we get the victory like Jacob and Jesus Jesus did? I'm reading now from Testimonies Volume 1, page 158 down to uh, paragraph 1 and 2. Many are leaning on upon a supposed hope without a true foundation. The fountain is not cleansed, therefore the streams proceeding from that fountain are not pure. Cleanse the fountain and the streams will be pure. If the heart is right, your words, your dress, your acts will be right. True godliness is lacking. I would not dishonor my master so much as to admit that a careless, trifling, prayerless person is a Christian. No, a Christian has victory over his besetments, over his passions. There is a remedy for the sin-sick soul. That remedy is in Jesus, precious Savior. His grace is sufficient for the weakest and the strongest must also have his grace or perish. I saw how this grace could be obtained. This is the grace that Jacob obtained. And now, I saw how this grace may be obtained. And we all can also get the victory and obtain this grace. I continue the reading now. How does How is it obtained? Go to your closet and there alone plead with God, creating me a clean heart. O God, and renew a right spirit within me. Be in earnest. Be sincere. Fervent prayer availeth much. Jacob-like wrestle in prayer. Agonize. Jesus in the garden sweat great drops of blood. You must make an effort. Do not leave your closet until you feel strong in God. Then watch. And just as long as you watch and pray, you can't keep these evil you can keep these evil besetments under, and the grace of God can and will appear in you. Amen. And may that be a portion for all of us who are listening, that we also like Jacob will agonize. Fervent prayer does avail much and if we are earnest and sincerely praying fervently, we also will get the victory. Jacob get, got the victory. He learned his lesson. In summary, lessons we got from here, if you would enroll in God's service like Abraham did, 
like Isaac did, like Jacob did, God will protect you. God protects his one. And we can get strength through prevailing prayer. And we learn the lesson of forgiveness. Let us pray. Our good Lord in heaven, thank you for the lessons you've taught us. We pray, Father, have we offended anyone? Please bring it to our minds that we may, like Jacob, do all that we can to conciliate those we have offended. Touch our hearts, Lord, to be repentant for the things we have done wrong to others and do all that we can to ask forgiveness. And also, someone now may be wondering, I offended someone. And they want you to touch the heart of the person who they offended so that when they do speak, they will speak amicably and the relationship will be just like the one of Jacob and Esau which we just read about. Please Lord, for such one who is pleading, I join in pleading. Help, O Lord, and touch the hearts of those who are bitter because that bitterness will destroy them too. Touch the hearts of those who who are offended and who find it hard to forgive over things that were rightly done to them that they, they, they are right they are well within their rights to feel the way they feel but I pray you touch their hearts that they may see your forgiving power over their own lives too and find it in their hearts to forgive those who have offended them and us too we may be in that situation touch our hearts dear Lord that we may forgive those who have offended us that we will not have any grudge or bitterness over anyone from today on please help our poor souls People are harboring evil in their hearts. They find it hard to forgive. Please, touch our hearts, O Lord, touch our souls, that we may forgive those who have offended us. And give us grace, Lord, that we may get the victory and learn the lesson that there is no strength and there is no power in our own own efforts. That it is only you who can help us. Have we been making mistakes like Jacob, trying to work things out for ourselves? Forgive us, Lord, and help us to learn that lesson of complete faith and surrender to the Lord and dependence on you. Thank you for hearing our prayers. In Jesus' name I've prayed. Amen.